Hello and welcome to the inaugural episode of the Sundry Podcast. I am so excited to share this journey with all of you. I have a lot of great show topics lined up, so be sure to subscribe and listen weekly every Tuesday so that you don't miss out. So without further ado, let's jump right into today's topic. We are going to be talking about going to therapy in the black community. Now, in the black community, we have these mantras that we've all heard and sometimes we even try to live by. got to be a strong black woman or you got to be a strong black man. You know, for men, don't let, let them see you cry. Those are things that I feel have been heavy contributors to creating the stigma that relates to therapy, mental wellness in the black community. If we really sit and think about how many people do we know who go to therapy? I thought about that and until recently, I could not think of a single family member, a friend, or even a coworker that has ever mentioned anything about going to a therapist. And I don't know if that's something that is common across all ethnicities or not but I think in the black community for sure we could probably say yeah we don't really know anybody that goes to therapy because it's definitely not something that is spoken of but along those same lines if we stop and think we can probably think about an aunt or an uncle or a brother or a sister or a cousin or a friend somebody in our family who maybe just seems to be stressed out a little bit, who um, overreacts in certain situations, who maybe, you know, we say, oh, they're just angry all the time, or maybe somebody who is very much to themselves all the time, very quiet, very introverted, um, who just seems to not be able to catch a break and deal with things in, you know, a way that we would think would be, you know, kind of typical. Are those people, people who we would have said, oh yeah, they probably could benefit from some mental wellness checks or going to see a therapist? Probably, but for some reason in the black community, we don't advocate for those types of interventions. So today we're gonna talk about a lot of different misconceptions um, surrounding that. Two that I wanna highlight though first are that in the black community, uh, some of the biggest misconceptions that I've come across have been that one, therapy is for people who are already diagnosed with a mental illness, or two, we'll just tell everybody if they have an issue that they need to pray about it. So as we will discuss today, therapy is not just for people who have a mental illness that's already been diagnosed. Therapy can help people who have work stress, maybe having parenting challenges, health challenges, family issues, dealing with the death, parent-child conflicts, decision-making challenges, or even things more serious like depression, anxiety, PTSD. All of those can be um, areas that if you are experiencing them, you could benefit from going to therapy. And who could say that nothing on that list, that very short list that I just kind of went over 
doesn't have something that would apply to them. And then in the black community, something else that is very important to us is our faith. And so when we have issues, pretty much of any kind, um, a lot of the same ones that I, I mentioned on that list, instead of going to seek professional help, we just tell each other that they need to go to church and they need to pray about it. So why is that in our community that those are, you know, two of the big misconceptions? I don't know. As we go through this today, hopefully we'll be able to dispel a lot of these misconceptions, um, help to eliminate or at least reduce some of the stigma that's attached to it and really start to bring to light the benefits of going to therapy. So I want to start out by kind of sharing how I came to go to therapy. It all started back a couple months ago. Um, I think the initial thing that kind of came to my mind was I had a friend who talked about going to therapy on a blog that she has. And she mentioned, you know, that it was beneficial to her. And I have to say that immediately one of the first thoughts that I had was, well, she doesn't seem like she's crazy. Like, you know, I went back to that same misconception that therapy is for people who have a mental illness. And clearly she did not have one, but obviously she did have some things that were stressors for her. And so she sought professional help that ended up being very beneficial to her. Then um, probably a few weeks after that, it was Mental Health Awareness Month and my church did a whole um, month on your mind, body and soul um, and just having overall um, improving your wellness. And so when it talked about the mind, they had two psychologists to come in and talk about the benefits of therapy, how, you know, trying to release, relieve some of the stigmas that were attached to it and just really making it um, be a, a topic that was very comfortable to talk about and seeing how all of these really everyday living situations that people deal with. Some people have a harder time than others. And so therapy can be very beneficial to them. So that was the second thing. At that time, I was kind of considering therapy. There were some um, things at work and um, lots of different transitions um, personally that I was going through. And I thought, uh, maybe, you know, therapy. But for me, I thought I'm dealing with it. So everything's fine. Then I had another friend who um, has a podcast. And on her podcast, she mentioned that she thought, you know, a lot of the things that she was doing that were actually stressors for her, but she just thought, you know, I'm a mom, I'm a black woman, I'm strong. These are just things that I'm just going to have to suck up and deal with. And it got to a point where she thought, you know what, maybe I do need to talk to somebody about this. And so she did and, you know, has seen such a benefit to it. So I reached out to those two friends and said, Hey, can you guys recommend somebody? Because I think I might want to talk to someone as well. Um, right. And right after that, what happened, um, that was kind of a, a defining moment for me was something very, very small at work. We had just gone back to work in August. So much of the staff had not come back to work yet, but something happened and 
it made me very emotional. I started to cry and I thought, what in the world? It was one of those things where, um, I'm trying to think, I can't think of the movie where the person's crying and they don't even realize they're crying. It's like, they don't even know why or what's happening. That's how I was. I was like, why am I crying about this? Like, oh my gosh, why is this bothering me? It's, you know, this is not that big of a deal. It shouldn't be bothering me. So for me, that was kind of a sign that, okay, I might need to talk to someone and see what's going on. So I was able to find a therapist who was, you know, great. And even in our first session, I walked away thinking, this is something that I needed to um, do and was already seeing benefits immediately. And so when I talked to her about, you know, that situation, because of course she asked, you know, why am I here? And, you know, what did I think was um, going on that might be causing some stressors? And when I mentioned that particular incident and why I didn't know why it was affecting me that way, as we talked through some things, then she pointed out, do you think this was affecting you because of blah, blah, blah. And immediately it was like something clicked. And I was like, oh my gosh, I guess that is kind of tied to it and related to it. And she said, you know, it was a trigger and you kind of get to a point where, you know, you deal with things and you think you have the tools to, and then you get to a point where it's like, I don't have the tools to continue to deal with this. And so it's good to then reach out, seek help, find a therapist and talk to someone. So that's how I got introduced to therapy. What I soon realized was that I was not alone, that um, it's kind of like the thing that you start to put your focus on, you start to notice it more. So if you go and see a, you know, you test drive a car, all of a sudden you start seeing different colors of that car everywhere. And it's like, gosh, where did this car come from? For me, it was kind of like that. Once I started thinking about, um, you know, issues that I thought that I was, you know, handling and dealing with, I really wasn't. And then now that I was going to therapy, I had the tools to start to deal with things a little bit more effectively. I was seeing, you know, big results. As African Americans, it's not that we, you know, have all of the, all these different issues, but we kind of have some added stressors just by the nature of who we are. So as a society, there are things happening to African-Americans that are not happening to other people. So we have things like when we're driving, if we get pulled over, there's an added stress there of whether or not, you know, not just are we going to jail, will we be able to walk away from a routine traffic stop? Are we going to be shot? Are we going to be killed while we're sitting in our house playing a video game? Lots of different scenarios and situations that happen specifically to the African-American community that add stressors to our lives that we probably should be seeking professional help with how to deal with them. While it's important to talk to other people, friends and family members about things that are going on, it's more important that we talk to the people who are more equipped to to deal with these types of situations. So I think back to when I told my family that I was going to be going to therapy. And I remember one of my sons asking me, well, if I just need to talk to someone, why don't I just talk to dad? And I said, well, you know, I do talk to dad, but dad is not an expert in all areas. You know, while he can give some good advice on certain situations, 
Um, dad is not trained and um, equipped to provide me with the types of tools that I would need to be able to deal with things on a more long-term basis. And so that brings to mind the, um, I was going to say African proverb. I don't know if it's an African proverb, but the saying that if you give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day. But if you teach him the fish, he'll eat for a lifetime. And that I think is the difference between talking to a friend and talking to someone who is trained um, to be able to help you. So talking to a therapist, when you talk to a friend, they can give you some advice and it might be good for a while or good for this specific um, problem that you're going through. But when you talk to a professional and they actually teach you in a sense how to fish by giving you the tools that you need, you come out better in the long run because now you know what you need to do to move forward. So as a personal example, when I um, started going to therapy, I was talking to my therapist about a situation that had come up at work and, you know, I wasn't really sure, you know, how to deal with it. Um, lots of different dynamics, you know, built into that. I mentioned it to my husband as well, who, you know, gave me some good advice. But once I talked to the therapist, then she was able to share with me a, um, you know, a, a visual, a diagram about the different roles that we play in um, communicating and in relationships. And so, you know, if I'm over in this corner of the triangle and these are the characteristics that I exhibit when I'm dealing with this person or this particular situation, and then here are the other um, categories as well. And where do I see myself? Where do I want to see myself? And if I want to see myself at this point of the, the triangle, here are the things that you need to do to get there. And so it's been really helpful for me because now I have, you know, and I use the word tools a lot, but that's what I really feel like they are tools to be able to deal with situations in a better way. I've gotten a um, different perspective on how to look at things. And so it just changes your whole outlook when you feel like you can, um, address situations confidently because now you know um, how to do it where before it was kind of like you were you know winging it a little bit so I have nothing but good things to say about going to therapy I think everybody should go to therapy at least once one of the things that I've um, thought was interesting I heard um, an analogy compared to a car and how well we take care of our cars you know we want our cars to be running optimally and so we don't wait for it to break down before we start doing things we get our oil change regularly we schedule tune-ups um, I think like 50,000 miles or 100,000 miles we rotate the tires once the tires start to you know get a little bald or start getting low we will replace the tires and so we do lots of things to keep this car running smoothly why aren't we doing those same things when it relates to our mental health so we need to take our mental health just as seriously as we do a car that we're driving around it's important that we get those mental checkups and tune-ups and so going to a therapist is a great way to have that done so I kind of highlighted some of the misconceptions 
um, that we have. I want to talk about a few more that I found while doing some research in the area and just kind of highlight through them, talk about them and see what you think. So a big misconception is that you're weak if you go to therapy and nothing could be further from the truth because actually you're pretty strong and very courageous for going to therapy. It takes a lot to recognize that you need to make a change and it takes a lot to actually do something to do and make a change. So going to therapy does not mean that you're weak. It means that you are actually very strong and you're prioritizing yourself. Um, Number two, that therapy is for people who have mental illnesses. And so I kind of talked about that a little bit before. That is not what therapy or who therapy is designed for. Obviously, if you have mental illness, you could probably see a therapist, but that should not be the only case for people to go to therapy. So you don't have to have a mental illness. You could just be facing, you know, any kind of stress and you want to get tools to better equip you to deal with them. Number three, therapy is a waste of money. So let's be honest. We spend money on what we want to. We prioritize things and we spend money on the things that are of a priority to us. So mental health is not a waste of money. If you are prioritizing yourself and your mental health, then whatever you do, the money that you spend on that is not going to be a waste. Uh, Number four, you're rich if you go to therapy. So again, that is not true. There are many insurance companies that will um, cover visits to a therapist. And so you don't have to be rich. And even if you don't have insurance that covers, there's typically a sliding fee scale that you can um, take part in to get your services covered so you do not have to be rich to go to therapy number five you don't have a close network of people who love you so again that is not true you can have a husband a best friend a mom a confidant you can have lots of people who care about you that you can talk to but if they are not equipped to be able to give you the tools you need, it's not going to be helpful. So it's not that you don't have people around you. It's just a matter of having the people who can direct you to the right places to go and going to see a therapist. It's not just about, oh, let me just talk to, you know, my aunt Jackie and I'll get some advice and I'll be good to go. That might help in the short term. But when we're talking about making long term lasting changes, we need to seek professional help. Number six, the therapist will talk about you. So at my very first session, the therapist actually told me that if she were to see me, you know, out in the street somewhere at the grocery store, wherever, that she is not going to acknowledge me. And so, you know, for her benefit and for mine. So, you know, if there are people that know she's a therapist And if they saw us talking, so there wouldn't be, you know, any implications like, oh, that must be one of her patients, but also just to maintain that, um, client therapist 
privilege and, you know, making sure that no boundaries were crossed. So I appreciated that. Um, I always think Columbus is not that big of a city, but you'd be surprised as to how many people I never run into. And then when I see him, I'm like, gosh, where have you been forever? And they've been here, but we just, you know, don't cross paths. So, um, I've not been in therapy, you know, for months and months and months. Um, but I have yet to run into my therapist outside of the therapy office. Number seven, there was a clear defining moment leading to going to therapy. So that's a misconception. Um, there can be, there can be an incident. Um, like I mentioned before, if you were involved in, you know, something traumatic and you go to therapy, yes, that can definitely happen. I would venture to say that for, you know, many people, that's not always the case where it's a one moment thing that just, you know, broke you down. You're like, I'm going to therapy. Sometimes it's just a thing of, you know, I'm noticing that I'm having a harder time just dealing with things in general, or I just want to go in, you know, get a mental health wellness checkup and just make sure that everything is still going good, that I still have all the tools that I need to be able to deal with situations. Number eight, this one is similar to number seven, um, that you are in a bad place. So like I said, again, you don't have to wait until things are bad. You can go to therapy just as a checkup. When I have my yearly um, physicals or exams, it's not because I'm feeling bad. It's because I want to make sure that everything continues to operate well with my body physically. So I don't wait until it's bad to go. I go when things are going good, just to make sure everything's still working and doing what it needs to do. Number nine, there's a set time frame for being in therapy. So from my experience, therapy is not a prescription that you go to um, the pharmacy and pick up and, you know, take for 10 days until all finished and then you're back to back to normal or back regular therapy is not like that so it really just depends on what your needs are and how quickly you're able to use the tools that they're giving you to um to benefit your life or your situation so for me um I was going weekly for probably about two months two and a half months and then we switched to um going monthly and for me it was you know, I was just excited about seeing changes happening once I started implementing the things that my therapist was saying. So much so that when I was home, um, you know, I would obviously would use things that I was learning there. And so they'd be like, my kids would say, mom, are you, is this from therapy? Like, are you trying this out on us or, you know, whatever. So I was really invested in using the things that I was learning and making stuff work. So for me, I didn't go for a very long period of time. At least I didn't consider it, you know, that long. And then now, you know, just two monthly checks as needed. So um, there's not a prescribed time. You just go until you get what you need. Okay, the next one, people will feel sad for you for going to therapy. I can't say that that one is totally wrong um it might be wrong to feel that way but I definitely know that that happens um people will when they know that you're going to therapy will think you know oh something is wrong you know maybe they didn't see the signs so they might feel bad that they weren't able to help but they will feel 
you know, somewhat sad for you because of the, you know, the connotations and again, the stigma surrounding therapy that, you know, things have to be bad. So it definitely, it is a misconception that everyone's going to just automatically feel sad for you, but we need to start working on erasing or alleviating that stigma that that's something that's associated with people that go to therapy. Um, you're on medication. So again, everyone that goes to therapy will not be on medication. I was not prescribed any medication. Um, so that's, you know, on a case by case situation, but that's not just a given that if you're going to therapy, you're going to be on medication. And then the last one, the therapist will tell you what to do or what to think. I have not found that to be true from the people that I know that go now or from my own personal experience. My therapist has not told me what to do or what to think. She's presented me with lots of information um, and tools. I feel like I keep coming back to tools, but that's what I really feel like they are. Lots of information and tools to use so that I can then come up with how I want to approach um, different situations. So it's not a, hey, you go to therapy, you tell your problem and they tell you this is what you need to do. It's more so talking about, at least for me, what um, might have been a trigger to, to have you feel this way, what has been your perspective on this and really thinking about, you know, you can't always assume um certain things when you're dealing with situations we all do it but I think when you have someone talking you through how to navigate through things it's very helpful so again as I've been saying I feel like a lot of the stigma that lies within the community is based on a lack of awareness and just basic ignorance to what the benefits of therapy can be it's really helpful when we have people of influence to start to speak out on it. Um, two people come to mind. One, um, Jennifer Lewis, because I read her book, The Mother of Black Hollywood, and which was a hilarious read, by the way. But she's been very vocal about, you know, her struggles and the benefits of for her medication therapy. Um, Jay-Z, not too long ago, did an interview and he spoke about, you know, in the black community, how that stigma is. So I think that the more we have people of influence speaking out about it, we will start to see that stigma kind of leaving. And so hopefully that's something that happens sooner rather than later. So to end us off today, I want to leave us with a word for the week. And our word this week is abrogate abrogate a b r o g a t e it's a verb and it means to repeal or abolish by means of a formal action or to dis discontinue put aside or put an end to something so an example of the word in a sentence the new prime minister's first action in office was to abrogate the unpopular tax laws Another is the student council successfully lobbied to abrogate the school uniform policy and jeans and sneakers quickly became the norm. So 
at some point during the week. See if you can throw that word in there, abrogate. I'm going to add that as a little closing segment to all of the podcasts to help improve our vocabulary. But I also want to start adding listener points of view, questions, all those things. So take a moment, drop a line at the sundry podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's the sundry podcast at gmail.com. Leave me your thoughts, your comments on email. You can find me on Facebook at the sundry podcast on Instagram at the sundry podcast or on Twitter at sundry podcast. Would love to hear from you all. Thanks so much for tuning in. And I look forward to seeing you all next week. Some of the upcoming topics are going to be very interesting. I'm going to have um, special co-hosts and you don't want to miss it. So be sure to check out the posts online because I'm going to be getting some of your feedback to share in the podcast as well. Thanks so much for listening and see you next week.